0: Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of
1: inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingus
0: shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready, because it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This show. Join us as we discuss a creative way to make your customers feel better about waiting an airport experience that doesn't involve a plane, and a great prize for bulking up before winter. Lines and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Uh, you've been waiting for years to get that one, haven't you, Joey?
1: You know, I had to move a couple things around and make some adjustments. But yes, we finally did it. Woohoo! We usually see eye to eye, except when we don't, See if you find yourself siding with Dan or Joey as we debate a hot topic on this segment of Agree to Disagree. It has been a long time since we had an Agree to Disagree segment, Dan.
0: Yes, it has, Joey. That would be all the way back in Season 5, Episode 101 in May of 2020. Woo, seems like years ago. It
1: wasn't more than a year ago. Well, the good news is... I think I've got another one for us. Now, this segment was sparked by a recent blog post by marketer, author, and thought leader extraordinaire, Seth Godin. If you just search... Seth, swap the line. It literally will be the first hit in the search engine you use. That's how awesome Seth is at his SEO efforts. But instead of reading the entire blog post, what I've done is selected a few excerpts that will give you the gist of the idea he's proposing. And then we'll kind of see if Dan and I uh, agree or disagree on whether this is a good idea or a bad idea. All right. And I quote from Seth Godin's Swap the Line. Don't waste a waiting line. The waiting list has value and it's also a source of frustration. There are people waiting for delivery of a new car or to stay in a popular Airbnb or to buy a limited edition jigsaw puzzle. There are people waiting for an appointment or a reservation or a handmade luxury good as well. Or let's say two companies are waiting for a shipment of computer chips. One has a few left in stock. The other needs them to finish a high-value product that serves people in life-threatening situations. On one hand, it feels fair. The people ahead of us in line got there before we did. On the other hand, perhaps someone behind us needs or wants our slot way more than we do. Swap the Line is a simple smart contract-based system that makes it easy to trade your spot in line. Sell your spot for more than you think it's worth. Stay put if you want to. Here's how it works. An organization uploads their wait list, status and identifier to the cloud. Alerting the folks on the waitlist that swap the line is supported. If you're ready to swap yourself to a different spot on the list, simply enter how much you're willing to pay to go how far on the list, or enter how much you're willing to take to swap with someone behind you. The system simply updates the waitlist in the cloud and transfers the money. Some percentage of the transaction goes to the host, and some percentage goes to swap the line for running the smart contracts and user interface that makes it work. There's a popular jigsaw puzzle company that has a six-month waiting list for a chance to buy one of their $200 jigsaw puzzles. If they kept 15% of the swap the line percentage, it's easy to see how they could double their profit at the same time that they serve their customers better because no one buys or sells a spot on the line unless they actually want to. Or consider the 50,000 people now eagerly awaiting news about their new Rivian pickup truck. This truck costs $70,000 the deposit to get on the line was $1,000. A person could swap their spot at number 100 to someone who is at number 18,000 and probably make enough to pay for half the car. And if even 10% of the line did a swap at an average price of $6,000, Rivian would earn $5 million in profit simply by giving their customers what they want. The rigidity of the line is sort of a tax that ignores the market. This is one of hundreds of examples of the impossible things an always-on network can do. Things that
0: feel odd at first and then obvious. Have fun. You know, Joey, <laughs> sometimes there is a solution that is actually awaiting a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Fair and I kind of think that that's what's going on here. I, this, to me, seems like a whole lot of nothing and does not seem like it is solving any particular major problem other than wealthy people wanting to spread their wealth a little further in order to get what they want.
1: Dan, I absolutely understand why someone could read that post and think that this is all about the Benjamins. But I actually was intrigued by this post because of something I used to do when I was in law school. I went to law school in Washington, D.C. And the Supreme Court, one of the cool things about the Supreme Court is that they have open arguments where anytime somebody's arguing a case before the Supreme Court in the gallery, there are seats that the public can go and watch the cases. Now, lots of times as a student, I would go up and maybe this means I'm a little geekier than most. I would go up to the Supreme Court when I didn't have class to watch arguments because you're getting a chance to see the best lawyers in the land in front of the best justices in the land. And it was really kind of a cool experience. Well, best being a debatable term, but well, <laughs> I'll move on with that. Didn't say all. I just said some of the best, right? Some of them are the best. Some could be a little better, but I digress. The moral of the story is after I went once just as kind of to have that experience, I realized that there was a whole business around the line. Now here's the way it worked you got in line early in the morning and they would only let a certain number of people in and then the line stayed throughout the arguments because as people left and lots of times it was just tourists wanting to see you know their 3 minutes of the supreme court argument when they left other people could go in but there was a group of lawyers who were very very interested in certain cases and so there was a whole line waiting job you could actually go and wait in line And as it came very close to time for the doors to open and then to start letting people in, lawyers would come and actually pay law students and other people that were waiting in the line to swap spots. So, kind of similar to this idea, except, you know, it was a way for a young law student like me to make a little money standing in line doing something that wasn't, you know, that big of a deal. And then if nobody came, I still got to go in and see some cool arguments and you know, learn more about the law. So to me, what I love about Seth Godin's idea, it's employing technology to address this idea that there may be people on a waiting list that it's really important for them to get to the top of the list sooner rather than later. And other people might be willing to sacrifice a place in line for that.
0: You know, this kind of reminds me when you're standing in line... And you've been waiting there for a whole long period of time. And then just as you're getting close to the front, some guy makes a phone call in front of you. And, you know, 17 people that he's been holding the line for join him in line. And you're like, WTF, you know, how do, how come these people get to come in line? Well, fair enough. But if, if
1: that's at a line, let's say to, you know, at a ballpark to get some burgers and fries or hot dogs and drinks, when those 17 people in line join, you have to wait longer. In the model that Seth Godin is proposing, you actually swap out the spot. So let me ask this. If that guy called and somebody came and said, hey, thanks, Bob, for holding my spot, and they stood there, and the guy who was previously there left the line, would you be as riled up? No. Exactly. And that's how, to me, this is completely different than kind of some of the line behavior that drives all of us as consumers. It drives me crazy too when all of a sudden it turns around. Here, I kind of like the idea if somebody, you know, let's take the ballpark example. You're at a Cubs game and you go and you're waiting in line to, you know, get your burger and broth or your beer or whatever you're getting. And you send somebody early to get in line who maybe doesn't care about the game as much as you do, so you can watch the end of the inning, and then you go down and swap out with them, to me, that's a benefit that makes everyone happier.
0: Yes, but, I'm not, but there's no money exchanging hands. And I think the thing that makes this different is that it requires money, which is inherently favoring wealthier people. And so it seems to me that, if, that, the, that the result of this is that the person with the most money always gets the front of the line assuming that they want to i mean you said that it, you said that there's a difference of importance of of for people but you know you, you also mentioned in the in the blog a uh, you know somebody having a life-threatening situation well that sounds really important but if they're not the one with the money then it sounds like they lose but here's the deal you only move out of the line
1: if you want to So if you're the person who's number four in the line and you have a life-threatening situation, you don't have to make your spot available. But what if you're person number four in the line just because you were on top of it and somebody says, hey, I've got a life-threatening situation.
0: And you're going to say, okay, for a thousand bucks, I'll move my spot? Well,
1: you you could say that. Or you could just say, as long as I get your spot, yeah, I'll do the switch. And with this program instituted, a switch is going to cost you 50 cents just so that it guarantees I get my spot later in the line. See, it doesn't have to be about the money. I think in this idea, the piece that was fascinating to me was not the dollars, although I recognize the dollars complicated. It's the idea that there could be people on a wait list in your business who are more interested in being at the top of the wait list and would happily pay to move to the front of the line with people who would happily switch to go later in the line, as long as they still got the thing. To me, that's the thing. It's it's the true benefit of both parties have to be willing. Now, I'll concede that there may be some scenarios where you know the person's in the situation and they're like, yeah, I really want this and it's borderline life-threatening or it's a really significant thing I need, but you know what? For an extra 10 grand, I'll delay my delivery by a month. In some ways, isn't that a
0: benefit to them? Well, yes, if they're the recipient of 10 grand. So I'm thinking kind of about a season ticket waiting list. So you got to start with, the, with figuring that everybody who's on the waiting list wants the tickets. That's why they're there, right? Now, right. are you going to argue that Dan wants the tickets more than Joey? Well, I don't know. That's kind of subjective. We're both on the same season ticket waiting list because we both want season tickets to the same team.
1: But what so. if Dan is buying... Wants four seats to be able to take all his experience maker rock star clients. And Joey wants four seats because he likes the game and he wants to go with his family every once in a while, but he's not really going to be inviting a lot of other people and was planning to potentially sell those seats, you know, on StubHub or some other marketplace. Otherwise, I might be willing to take your money. And you might be willing to
0: spend more money because it means you can do it to take your clients. Yeah, I get it. It's just, again, it always comes comes down to the Benjamins, even though you you said at the beginning that it doesn't. I mean, why don't you take this another step further? Let's say Dan and Joey are both waiting for a kidney, right? And so Joey's going to present Dan with this option. Hey, Dan, if you'll just wait for your kidney, I'll give you $10,000. Well, okay, I get it. Dan has to say yes in order to accept that. But now this is a transaction that's making me uncomfortable at this point for both parties. Fair enough. And I, and I don't disagree that there are
1: scenarios that we would think of a waitlist. An organ donor waitlist is a, is a great example where this gets really messy. But the thing that I like about it is everybody's making a choice. Everybody's making a choice as to what do they value more, their time or their money. And, you know, I think we talked about this in a previous episode about, you know, the fast pass lines at amusement parks. You know, if you're willing to pay more, you can go to the front of the line. And on one hand, our, you know, effort to have a society that's as equal as possible and have everybody have to wait the same amount of time, quote unquote, that's not fair. But on the other hand, if somebody's getting to go to, The amusement park, you know, because they live in Southern California, they can go to Disneyland 10 times a year. But somebody who's traveled from a foreign country to come and go to Disneyland once, they might be more excited to pay a little more. Either way, moral of the story is I found this to be. An interesting idea. I think it potentially enhances the experience of waiting. It allows for some adjustments in the customer need because the thing you signed on for in the beginning might have been really important, but over time, you might not be as interested. And I think it's another way for Organizations to monetize their wait list, but also for people on the wait list to get rewarded for thinking ahead and signing on for these things. But I understand you feel a little bit differently, Dan. You know, my question is Hey, audience, what do you think? Let us know. Send us a message. You know, share this episode and chime in with what you think, whether you agree or disagree. And in the meantime, I guess Dan and I will just have to agree, agree to disagree. disagree. You listen to us. Now we want to listen to you. By visiting our website and sharing your remarkable customer experiences with us, we can share them with a broader audience. Now sit back and enjoy our listener stories. We love it when we hear about a remarkable customer experience story from one of our listeners. And it's even better when the person that actually created the story is also a listener. Ironically enough, that's exactly what happened last week. But we didn't know just how many connections this story had until Davin Seaman, who you may recall is the wonderful musician who created all of our music here on the Experience This Show, reached out to me about a missing tiger. Wait wait, wait a second, a missing (laughs) tiger? (laughs) Yes. Now, I should clarify before anybody gets too nervous. It was a missing tiger stuffed animal. As it turns out, Davin used to work with Dominique Ranieri, who is now the assistant airport director and chief operating officer at Jaeger Airport in Charleston, West Virginia.
0: Oh, of course, that would be airport code CRW. I mean, obviously, all frequent flyers know that. Yes, they do. Now, here's what happened. The team at Jaeger Airport found a
1: stuffed tiger that had accidentally been left behind by a young flyer. They sprung into action and posted a photo of the tiger along with the following message on their Facebook page. We need some help. This little tiger was left behind at the airport yesterday. He was looking awfully lonely, so Herc is showing him around CRW. However, we'd love to find the tiger's owner. If you're missing your tiger BFF, send us a message and we'll get him or her back to you. Herc is pretty attached to his
0: new tiger friend, so you can keep Herc too. Now, for those of you who are wondering, Herc is short for Hercules and refers to the five-year-old border collie who lives at the airport and is specially trained to scare the wildlife off and away from airport runways. He also serves as a comfort animal in the terminals for people that are afraid to fly. Now, before you get worried that the airport is thinking about giving away their dog, I I was worried about that. In the photo, the airport team showed on Facebook, the stuffed animal tiger is pictured with a stuffed animal version of Hercules. So many stuffed animals. Everybody wins in this story. Well, over the next few hours, the post
1: received over a thousand likes and was shared over 4,000 times. It got coverage on local TV stations, on local radio stations, and it created a groundswell of support for tracking down the owner of the lost tiger stuffed animal. All right. Well, you got to tell me, did they find the owner? I am happy to confirm that, yes, barely 24 hours later, the team at Jaeger Airport shared the following message on social media. We have an exciting update for you. The tiger is back home. Thank you to everyone who shared our post yesterday and helped spread the word. The Tiger's owner and her brother and sister each got a stuffed Hercules and a goodie bag.
0: And now all is right in the world for Mr. Tiger and his family. Well, obviously this is a nice feel-good story, but I particularly like the use of social media, especially by an airport, which is not necessarily an entity that we would think of very often as having an active and even entertaining presence on social media. And it sort of speaks to the bigger power of social and what we can do in our business to get people's attention, to share stories, and to really be part of what's going on. And I'm reminded of a couple of years ago when. Southwest got a tweet from a young lady who had left her bridesmaid's dress in Houston and had figured out that uh, Southwest flew from Houston to I forget which Caribbean island it was where the where the wedding was happening and tweeted at the airline asking if they could just send the dress to her like not with a passenger, just the actual dress. And Southwest sprung into action. And created a hashtag, rescue the dress, and you could track it on their, on their radar system that tracks the planes. And there was a ton of social activity and people just ate it up. And so I love the creativity here of, of getting attention to Jaeger Airport, which, you know, I was being a little facetious before about, I didn't really know that it was CRW. I had to look it up. But you know what? I'm not going to forget that now going forward.
1: Dan, I totally agree with you and hold on to your uh, chairs or your steering wheel or wherever you're listening to uh, the experience of this show right now, folks, because Dan, we actually talked about that Southwest bridesmaid's dress back in episode 62 of season three. How's that for me? Whoa. <laughs> it together. How
0: much joy with the Rain Man activity today? <laughs> you fantastic. know, every,
1: every once in a while, we all get lucky. You know, I so agree with you, Dan. This is a perfect example. And you know me, I am not the social media guy on our show. But the reason I love this story so much is because of the, the various implications and the thoughtfulness behind it and just how, for lack of a better way of putting it, an airport thinking about this type of strategy. So I actually reached out to the team at Jaeger Airport to get the story behind the story. And I asked the CEO, Dominique, to give a little insight as to the philosophy behind the airport's efforts. And she was kind enough to share the following message.
2: Here at the airport, we realize travel can be stressful and we do our best to create a positive experience for all of our travelers. And we want that to extend beyond just the day of travel. Over the years, we've learned that the best way we can create that positive experience beyond the day of travel is through our social media channels and digital engagement. Paige Withrow, our marketing manager, as well as her team, do an outstanding job of identifying stories that humanize the airport. For example, the recent reunification of the stuffed tiger led by our wildlife protection animal, CRW's Hercules.
1: I love that idea of extending the positive experience beyond just the day of travel. So many brands think about the in-moment experience, but they really neglect the post-interaction feelings and what they could do to kind of continue that trend with their customers long after the in-person interaction has occurred.
0: Exactly. I mean, companies are so focused on the literal transaction of when money exchanges hands and the customer buys something and we provide some service or product in return. And yet there's so much that leads up to that. And there's so much that happens after that. And the companies that have really understood how to create immersive customer experiences know that that experience lasts longer. And this gets into things like customer warranties and return policies that we've talked about on the show and things that might happen after the transaction. That family may or may never, ever be back at CRW airport again. But the transaction wasn't over because they didn't have all of their baggage, right? They, They left one little thing at the airport. And I think the airport did a great job at at not only solving the problem, which was difficult because the little stuffed animal didn't have a name on it or anything. So they had to go to social media. They were successful at it. But in the meantime, I love that they also showed some humanity and some personality. I couldn't agree more, Dan. And you know, I was curious as
1: to how the actual execution on this campaign happened. Because it's one thing to have a philosophy of creating positive experiences for travelers, but how do you get your whole team involved? So I reached out to the person that Dominique referenced earlier, Paige Withrow. Paige is the marketing manager, and I absolutely loved what she had to share. Here's Paige.
3: First, I want to start by saying I'm a huge fan and subscriber of the podcast, so this is awesome. Last week, we had the pleasure of reuniting a sweet girl and her stuffed tiger that she had accidentally left in the airport. You asked why we decided to take this story to social media, especially when things get lost in an airport every day, which is true. And the answer is because I walked into work that morning and I saw that tiger sitting all by itself and I knew that some child out there was missing it. And an airport has been a tough place to be in during a pandemic. And trying to figure out how to navigate the customer experience has been challenging. So we relied on the power of social media. Right now, more than ever, I think people are craving those feel-good stories that tug on your heartstrings, and that's exactly what this did. The great thing about the social media post was that the community had a vested interest in the outcome of the story. They also were given a glimpse into the human side of Jaeger Airport.
0: I love the humanity of this I mean, this reminds me of, and, and I'm sure you can pull up this episode again faster than I can. I think you've taken over the throne here, Joey. But this reminds me of of our listener who submitted the audio from Children's National Hospital. And uh, he walked into the bathroom and and he saw the sign on the mirror that said, hang in there, dad. And it was just the message that he needed at exactly that moment. And that was done because somebody just decided to be human. Somebody just decided to do the right thing and to help somebody out. And I love that Paige, and by the way, thank you for listening, Paige. We really, really appreciate it. I love that she saw this tiger and it, it's not like anybody told her she had to do something. This was just a natural reaction of wanting to help somebody out. And I'm telling you, if more employees did that in more situations, we would literally live in a better place. And I, that's what I'd like to see more of. I would love to see more of that as well. You know, I also imagine,
1: Dan, that this has an impact on the team and on the employees working at Jaeger Airport. And so I actually asked Paige about that as well. And she was kind enough to share the following observation.
3: And reuniting the stuffed animal with that child that lost it was a team effort. However, I believe its impact on the community gave our employees a reason to be proud of who they work for. It also speaks to who we are as West Virginians. We go above and beyond to help others.
0: So what can we learn from this lost tiger adventure? Social media can be used to extend your customer interactions long after the customer has, quote unquote, left the building, so to speak. You can also use these types of activity to create community around the positive experiences that you hope to deliver. You're only limited by the bounds of your own creativity when it comes to creating remarkable customer experiences. If you know about a remarkable experience that you think our audience will enjoy, make sure to send an audio recording to Dan or Joey or visit experiencethisshow.com so we can share your story in a future episode. I feel like we could have called this the Friends segment.
1: Our friend Davin had a friend, Dominique, who had a friend, Paige, who created a remarkable experience that came full circle to be featured here on the Experience
0: This Show. Today's review of show is a five-star review from Mr. Awesome in the United States. That's awesome, not awesome. Although I think this person is also awesome. It's titled Best Kept Secret. Dan and Joey are CX and marketing wizards. The knowledge they share is incredible. I've gotten more out of one episode of their podcast than I have out of 10 other podcast episodes combined. I can't wait to go back and listen to episodes I've missed. It's going to be better than that time. I binge watched every episode of Friends.
1: Thank you, Mr. Awesome. And I agree, you are awesome. We love that you put us up there on par with Friends as we like to think of all of our listeners as friends. And we have our very own Joey on this show too. Yes, we do. Now, don't forget to message us, Mr. Awesome,
0: for a special prize. And thank you for leaving your review. Now, do you want to be featured in a future episode of Experience This? It's easy. Since you enjoy the show enough to keep listening, just zip over to lovethepodcast.com. That's lovethepodcast.com slash experience this and leave us a quick review. It's easy. It's fast. What more could you ask for? Thanks for being our friends. We
1: love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just
0: happened? Have you been to Alaska, Dan? Actually, I have. I was fortunate enough to go on a cruise to Alaska and it was stunning and so impressive. And although I know this is not what this is about, I will tell you it was the one place where I visited where I really felt legitimate climate change because I saw all these icebergs melting and breaking in front of my eyes and it was frightening, but I loved it. Yeah, Alaska
1: is someplace that has been on my bucket list for years. I have not had the chance to go yet, but this past summer, my brother and sister-in-law went and they took their whole family and visited some amazing national parks and saw incredible wildlife and experienced a part of the United States that frankly most people will never get the chance to visit. And in hearing their stories, I learned about a national park that few people get to go to, but actually has fans all over the world. Katmai National Park and Preserve in King Salmon, Alaska. King Salmon, Alaska. I'm guessing that's not just a catchy name. No, Dan, it is not. Uh, Katmai is known for two things.
0: It's salmon run and fat bears. Well, first of all, I didn't know that salmon ran. And also, are you fat-shaming bears at a national park, Joey? No, no,
1: I am not fat-shaming bears. This is actually a campaign that has been going for several years now, run by the national park, called... Katmai Fat Bear Week. Now, the way this works is there is a giant salmon run where the salmon swim upstream. And I imagine you've seen videos of this on you know, nature show documentaries or the Discovery Channel or something like that, where you see the bears eating the fish as the fish jump up through the rapids and the falls. And one of the places where this happens in a really impressive and amazing way is at Katmai National Park. They decided a few years ago to create Cat My Fat Bear Week. Now, let me explain how this works. For one week every year in October, they have educational talks, they have live streams. But what everybody gets excited about is the bear bracket. The fat bear bracket is kind of a campaign bracket, if you will, a la March Madness. The park rangers, there are over two thousand bears in the park. They go and they find. The bears that they think have gained the most weight over the summer. And then they put them in a bracket and each day over the course of the week, different bears compete each other against each other. That is on social media for votes as to who is the fattest bear with the competition lasting day after day and kind of culminating in one bear being crowned the winner of the cat fat
0: bear week. Wow, Joey, Fat Bear Week. I got to tell you, this is definitely on the list of things I never thought we'd be talking about on our our customer experience podcast.
1: I I agree, Dan. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is not just because it made for a great intro where I could say lions and tigers and bears, oh my, but because I am not the guy, as everybody who listens knows and you know, who is super pro social media. But what I loved about this story is I've never had a chance to go to this park. And yet I heard about Fat Bear Week and I sought it out. And I went on and I did some voting. And it was amazing to see the groundswell of support. I mean, literally their Facebook page goes from getting like a couple thousand visitors today to getting over a 100,000 visitors a day. And the reason I wanted to call this out is not because I think anybody has uh, fat bears involved in their business to create a competition around. That's not what I'm suggesting. But what I am suggesting is there are opportunities to create content for your audience. And content, at least in my opinion, is best when it educates, when it inspires, and when it's fun. And who would have thought that a national park would look at the bears that live in the park as a way to educate visitors, not only who come to the park, but who might come and visit online, inspire them and explain to them kind of what's going on and maybe get them excited about the idea that these national parks exist and are protecting these habitats. And also have a lot of fun
0: in that it's like a March Madness bracket competition. You know what this reminds me of? I'm sure you recall back to season five, episode 93. I'm sure it's at the top of your... (laughs) Not, Not that specific episode for sure. But in that episode, you talked about the Instagram artist in residence at the Musée d'Orsay in, in uh, France, yes. in, in Paris. And I think this is kind of similar, right? That brought some attention to artists that have been dead for hundreds of years that, you know, youngsters may not be paying attention to, but hey, Instagram's cool. And so they brought a new population to become interested in this art. And, and so I think there's a parallel here in the sense that, as you pointed out at the beginning, not everybody has a chance or has had a chance to go to Alaska. And this is a way that you can kind of go to Alaska without going to Alaska and experiencing something that happens there. And so I love the community aspect of it, the the gamesmanship of it, and, and kind of the you know following of the brackets. And it's a very creative way to get people interested in, in this particular park. So I'll answer the question of what this is doing on a customer experience show. It's really meant to inspire you to figure out how you can use social media to get people talking about your brand and your company and what you do. And if an organization that has bears as its main employees can do this, I'm pretty sure that you can do it with your human employees.
1: Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever.
0: And since you listened to the whole show. Yay, you! We're curious. Was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts.
1: And while you're in the sharing mood... If you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do, don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks
0: again for your time and we'll see you next week for more Experience. Yes.